Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a personal training company dedicated to helping people of all fitness levels move better, feel better, and live better with progressive functional strength and conditioning workouts. Personal trainer, CrossFit coach, and strongman competitor John Taylor is back with me for this episode as we give you an intro into one of our favorite training methodologies, the conjugate method. This style of workout programming combines multiple training strategies to help you increase your strength while keeping your workouts fresh and fun. Combined with good diet and nutrition practices, the method also allows for optimal recovery and the overall strength and conditioning that you'll gain from a conjugate style program transfers to everything you do outside the gym. And when it comes down to it, that's really what we're about here at Straight Shot. We want to help you build strength and confidence for life, and we have a few different ways that you can work with us, either in person or online. If you'd like to learn more about us and how you can make an investment in your health, head over to straightshottraining.com. Now, just as a quick update for you all on the progress of the Straight Shot Training studio that we're putting in here in Frederick, Maryland, the walls are up, the plumbing is being finished right now, we are currently working on getting the right flooring for our space, and as for equipment, we've already received our barbells, benches, plyo boxes, and weights already, and we are placing the orders now for our awesome racks. I can't wait for you all to see the setup that we're having in this place and all the conditioning equipment that you're going to get to use in mid-October when we open. Now, if you would like to secure a spot now with one of my coaches, you definitely need to get on that. You need to head over right now to straightshottraining.com and reach out to us so we can make sure that you have a spot with us, the spot that you want in October when we open. All right, let's get into the conjugate method with John Taylor. All right, so we'll start with the first question because people are probably wondering what the conjugate method is. So John, why don't you just tell us, what is the conjugate method? So super simple, the conjugate method is three elements. A max effort lift, dynamic effort, which is lifting submaximal weight very, very quickly, and then the repetition method, which is doing submaximal weights or movements for relatively high volume to ultra high volume. Got it. So this is not something new. Not at, at all. all. So Do, as <laughs> now I'm not an expert. I haven't done much look into the like super deep history, but my basic understanding is that it was developed in I think the eighties in Los Angeles by Louis Simmons at the original West Side Barbell based on information coming out of Russia and Eastern Europe from Bulgarian max effort weightlifting and Russian powerlifting focusing on a wide variety of special strength accessory exercises. Got it. So So a bunch of super jacked out dudes in Los Angeles in the 80s got crazy strong. And their purpose of it was for the sport of powerlifting. Correct, for the sport of power. They were trying to squat, bench, and deadlift the most weight possible. And they found that, well, what was it about the conjugate method that made this? So with uh, the effectiveness, at least back then and still now, about the conjugate method is that you are continuously, twice a week, training, working up to a one rep max effort lift of a squat or a deadlift variation and a bench or an overhead press variation. So you were very familiar, your body was comfortable lifting a one rep max twice a week, 
And then they had also developed extremely high bar speed, which is critical for all strength sports, by doing the dynamic effort days. Yes, because you can't just... Well, I mean, a beginner probably could go into a gym every week and put more weight on the bar for squats. On the same lift. On the same exact lift. But eventually, you're not going... There is no way possible that you're going to PR your squat every single week. Absolutely. But if you have front squat one week, box squat another week, Anderson squat another week, uh, quarter squat another week, uh, there's, what, 60 to 200 versions of squats that you could do? I think with with just using a straight bar, a power rack, like the regular rack that you would find in any gym, and a box, you can get something like 50 to 60 different squat variations. Yes, that's not using specialty bars. That's not using bands or chains. That's the most basic gear that the average gym was going to have and that a lot of people have in their home gyms. Okay. And the great part of that is you're maxing out continuously, but you're not actually working to get strong with that max effort. You're just developing the comfort of max lifting. So it's continuously changing. Got it. Because you may not, like you said in your programming for yourself, that you might not do the same exact lift for one rep max for six months. I yeah, I think right now I'm on a six month rotation. So, because like the other day I saw you you were doing um, box front squats. Yeah, this week was a box front squat, and it was just barely above parallel. the The max effort lower before that was a sumo deadlift with the bar starting 13 inches off the ground, so that's four inches above the ground. Okay. It constantly rotating through variations got it yeah because you could change the height of the box that you're sitting to or change the blocks that you're pulling the deadlift off of so you're still deadlifting you're still squatting it's just going to be a slight variation on those same thing with your bench press and your overhead press there's a million different variations of those too and then you can just slightly change something so that every week you are hitting a one to, will you do some three rep maxes too one to three rep max so right now I'm just staying with one rep maxes but conjugate you can run one two up I think five is about where you want to cut it off okay um, and that's about it I try okay well, so that, that's us talking about the max effort days but just as important as the max effort days are the dynamic effort days I think everybody really overhypes the max effort stuff on conjugate, but there's so much else that's part of this program. So what are the different types of days that you see in a conjugate style program? Um, so you have your, so generally it's going to be laid out with a max effort lower day where you work to a one or a three rep max of a deadlift or squat variation. Then you have a max effort upper day, which you work to a one to a three rep max bench press or overhead press variation. Then you have a dynamic effort lower where you move through a squat and a deadlift variation at sub-maximum weight for max bar velocity. And that's where you start getting into putting bands and chains in the bar. Okay. And that's where you'll do like 10 sets of two to three repetitions with less than a minute of rest. And then the dynamic effort upper day is the same 10, about 8 to 12 sets of... Yep two to three reps with some bands and chains, and you're doing a bench. I'm currently doing a bench and an overhead press variation, but for powerlifting, you just do the bench variation. Got it. So what is the purpose of those dynamic effort days? Why are you trying to move the bar faster? So So elite level powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, there's everybody at the top level has almost the exact same bar speed. 
it's I don't know I can't remember the math on it, but the bar moves ridiculously fast for the strongest people. So yes. to help yourself, just as a regular person like you and me, getting stronger, we train to move a relatively light bar, max effort. We're trying to explode through the whole lift. And those dynamic effort days are where you build up a lot of your speed, which translates over into a heavier max lift. Got it. So this is now, you're getting into training those fast twitch muscle fibers, the ones that have these powerful contractions, but also very fast contractions. And they're not supposed to contract a ton of times. I mean, that, that would be more of your endurance muscle fibers. But if you're trying to train your central nervous system and train those fast twitch muscle fibers to explode, the only way to do that is to train fast. So you train fast to be fast. So if you want to move a bar faster, you have to learn how to move a bar fast. You can't do that if you're always under heavy loads. If you're constantly grinding through reps and only lifting heavy, you're never going to learn how to move fast. Absolutely. So what is, when you say a lightweight, what is percentage-wise for you lightweight? Uh, so I say, what, what is the percentage of your max that you would use for dynamic effort lifting? So dynamic effort is going to range between 40 to 60%. Okay. And then you're going to add about 20 to 25% at the top of the lift, either through bands or chains. Got it. So, so the bar gets heavier as you go further through the lift. That is the, the, the most succinct uh, description <laughs> of, of accommodating resistance. Yeah, it's yeah. it's accommodating resistance. It yeah. is super simple once you once you start getting once you start doing it. Yep. So um, setup wise, because it's always difficult to to imagine this whenever you're li- when you're listening to this. But let's say on a banded box squat, you're you're going to sit down to a box with a bar on your back. That's what the box squat is. But at the side of the bands, in addition to the weight that you have on, you have, or sorry, on the side of the bar, in addition to the weight that you have on the bar, you have these bands that are attached to dumbbells on the floor or something on the floor to hold them down. So the bands are completely stretched at the top, but when you sit down to the box, they get looser. So the higher you stand up, the more tension you're getting. When you say chains, you're literally talking about chains hanging off the bar. Yeah, I've got like, I've got like 130 pounds of chains at home. Yeah. So what's happening is as you're sitting down on the squat or as you're lowering the bar on a bench press, the the chains are laying on the floor. Okay, when you're setting up chains on your bar, you want to have a relatively small lightweight chain hanging from the barbell going down to a much larger, heavier collection of chains piled up on the ground at the bottom of your lift. You don't want to have your heavy chains hanging straight from the bar all the way down. Then you have a higher percentage of your chain at the top of the, it just throws off the math. So you you want the you want the weighted chain to be laying completely on the floor at the bottom. That is correct. Piled on the ground. And, and then, then when you lift it, when you lift the bar up to the top range of motion, you want to only have two or three links of chain still sitting on the ground just so it doesn't swing. Got it. And then with a band at the very bottom of the lift, should there just be a tiny bit of tension on the band? Should it be loose? It all depends on the setup you're doing. I've run it where I have a few pounds of tension on the band. I've had bands anchored right on the ground. I've had them anchored like 18 inches off the ground. Uh, Looking at video from last week, my band setup had completely deloading, no tension at the bottom of my squat. Okay, so uh, same thing as adjusting the different uh, max effort lifts. Your dynamic effort lifts, there's a million variations you can do with those as well. Yeah, a ton of different ways to set up the bands. Details only matter when you've been doing it for a while. But do you change up your dynamic effort lifts as often as you change up your max effort lifts? So I run dynamic effort, and generally it is run in three-week waves, where you use the same lift for three weeks, and you start at 40%, then 50%, and then 60%. Okay. And I will change a different lift 
every three-week wave. Got it. Okay. So that's the max effort and the dynamic effort days in a conjugate program. But also, what happens after that main lift so those days? Then you get into the repetition method. Okay. On your max effort days, you're only building to a one rep max in six to eight singles yep. from an empty barbell and resting two minutes, maybe even less. You're not actually going to get stronger by doing that. You get stronger by hitting very heavy volume for a relatively light num- low number of reps after your main lift on those first two days. That becomes repetition method. Okay. So those are the things you do to get stronger. That's the heart of conjugate where you do a wide variety of five, maybe six assistance movements to help focus in on your weak points in whatever lift you were doing. And then on the dynamic effort days, repetition method, still what you do for the majority of your training time. It should be about 80% of your time in that gym. And on those repetition days, you just do lighter weight, much higher volume. You could be getting into like sets of 30, 50 if we're talking about like dumbbell bench press or like bent over barbell rows. Yeah, yeah. So going back to your max effort day, like a five, you would do a, a one rep max box squat. What would your first movement after that be? Would it be like a five sets of five, a different squat variation? Or would you then do a deadlift variation? So currently I'm doing a five by three EMOM at eight, every minute on the minute at 80%. Okay. For that, after that main lift. But if you're not going to do something like that, it, your second lift after the squat would be something, would be all movements to help get your squat and your deadlift up. Got it which could be just other non-competition squat and deadlift variations. So like deficit deadlifts, split squats, lunges, could drag a heavy sled. Okay. This is where the details of the conjugate method start becoming really complicated because it all depends. It, it, well, that's the, what we say. That's, that's, our, that's it, our tagline on this show. It always it depends. depends. But like most of your tr- like most strength training, after you do your max effort, you start doing – you. Each exercise gets progressively higher in volume and lower in intensity until you're finishing with maybe five minutes of just band, of seated hamstring curls. Yeah. Yep. So you start with your heavy stuff and then gradually throughout the workout it gets Get lighter. lighter and lighter. Um, but so then on the dynamic effort days, let's say you do uh, 10 sets of two on like a speed bench. What are you going to do after that? Is that all going to be high volume, you know, shoulders and chest and back exercises? After so that? on... One thing that is relatively stable between conjugate, um, any particular person's conjugate method, their conjugate is a method, but your program is all personal. Got it. Um, after a press, your majority, uh, like two-thirds of your training should be pulling, should Absolutely. be strengthening your back. Absolutely. Should be strengthening your back through a wide variety of angles. Um, but after your speed bench, you generally would want to do something that is a high-volume heavyweight pull. Okay. So pull-ups, bent rows, something like that. Yeah. Could be hand-over-hand, sled pull. Got like it. Imagination is the limit. And uh, last thing on the repetition method, you also want to keep those the same movements for three weeks, just like your dynamic effort work. Got it. So it in those three weeks, you can take those movements as heavy as you want. You can do them for the highest repetitions, like do max effort reps unbroken. But after about three weeks on the average human being or an elite level athlete, you've accommodated to that specific movement. So it's time to throw time in to some new stuff. And this, that's the thing that I think is misunderstood about conjugate is that it's not just random. Like, okay, today's a dynamic effort day. Here's you know, 10 different random exercises that I didn't do last week. 
it's still thoughtful. It's planned out. Your dynamic effort stuff is a lot of time, or sorry, your your max effort stuff, a lot of time is based around what are you bad at? Like, like for me, I don't have like mobility issues. I have top end strength issues. So when I did conjugate, I was doing partial range of motion stuff, like high box squats, pin presses. My lockouts weren't great. So I worked on lockouts. For somebody else, it might be totally different. When it comes to the exercises then that you select, it can't just be random. It has to have a point to it. And like you said, with your dynamic effort stuff, you keep those same exercises for three weeks so you can see some progress being made on it. If you're constantly changing everything all the time, you're not gonna see progress. At the same time, if you're logging everything, if you do have a three-week rotation and maybe you're doing a neutral grip dumbbell bench for, for three weeks, then the next three weeks you might do a wide grip dumbbell bench press. So you're still, it's still the similar repetitions. You're changing some angles with it. It's still progressive uh, strength training. Like currently, like simple example without getting into crazier variations. Currently I'm in the second of three waves for dumbbell bench press. And the first three weeks was decline. I set my bench, I set the feet of the bench up on a 45 pound plate. This week, I'm starting just regular flat dumbbell bench press. And the next three week wave is gonna be the, under the shoulders, I'm gonna have two 45 pound plates. So it'd be an incline dumbbell bench press. Yep, so go from decline, incline, or decline flat, and then incline, and then I'm, like today was dynamic effort upper day. So past wave I had done dips with weight today was dips with chains hanging from me and then the next wave is going to be dips with heavy bands and and wave you you and i use that that term i would use the, the term cycle you use wave same same thing same thing it just different of saying it. relatively small block of training three to four weeks where you use the same movements and you only increase you either in, keep the sets and reps the same increase the weight or you keep the weight the same and the sets the same and you increase the reps got it makes sense all right, so let's get into now how this relates to anybody else other than us. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry, I thought we were just hanging out talking. <laughs> so oh, we, there's a mic. Yeah. Whoa, you should have told me that, man. So we talked about what you know, what conjugate is, uh, what a workout from each one of these days would look like. Uh, but how would this look for somebody who had maybe had different goals other than strength? Because this program is designed for strength building. It's a great strength building. Not program. Sorry, this method. method. method it is not a program. program will, so it's great for building strength. But how could somebody use the conjugate method to design their own hypertrophy or mass gaining, muscle gaining program? Crazy that you ask because 80% of your training time in conjugate is building mass. Right? That's all. That's 80% mass, of it. Mass moves mass. And you're talking yeah. about, so outside of like your... Uh, your one rep maxes because I mean one rep maxes I mean, st- still are going to help you build muscle mass because you have to be once you get stronger it'll help you move heavier weights for other exercises for higher volume which is more time under tension which will help you get bigger muscles but from a, just a hypertrophy standpoint most of that stuff that's going to be in that five to ten repetition range is where you're going to be building the most muscle but that's where most of the reps are that's where most of your work is like my max effort lifts I'm doing between six to eight singles. On my deadlifts, I'm jumping with, I'm only using 45s and 25 pound plates. Yeah. I'm not wasting time with anything else. Got it. So you're, but then your volume, I mean, you're pounding your legs with lunges and split squats and RDLs and squats. I mean, God, I that's why you, yeah, That's why you're sitting in front of me with, with tree trunks here uh, because this is a great hypertrophy method. 
like the 80% of your training, the assistance accessory work that you do in any conjugate, in the conjugate method for any individual's program that they write for themselves, those are just, it straight up looks like bodybuilding. Yeah. And if you've got access to cable machines or the selector plate stack machines in most gyms, that's what your most of your time is going to be spent doing. Yeah. You're going to be, hey, you have a weak squat and it's your quads, but your hamstrings are already monstrously strong. Cool. You're going to be doing hundreds of reps of leg extensions a week. And You're going to be doing and lunges yes. and step ups <laughs> and heck, maybe on a maybe on like a conditioning day because conditioning is critical for max effort lifting. You're going to be maybe throwing a backpack on with 45 pounds in it and doing a stairmaster for a half hour. <laughs> let's let's quickly jump into that. We did <coughs> we did skip over that a little bit. So par, is part of the conjugate method? Does it include what most people would call? cardio, but we would call it a conditioning or general physical preparedness, GPP. It is a huge part of it. Building up your aerobic base through a wide variety of time domains at sub-max intensity, like you know, 70, 80% effort, is critical, not just for, obviously for health, but also for you having the ability to recover from lifting max weights and being able to have extremely short rest times. Like, in conjugate, yeah. you're look like in most conjugate training, you're looking at a minute to ninety seconds between movements, and most of your work is going to be put into supersets of two movements or giant sets of three plus. Okay. An ideal situation if you're training with two other people, your rest is only when when you, they're you, lifting. Yeah, that's all. And you're, you're spotting them, yelling at them. So yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as they wrap the bar or put the dumbbells down, cool, it's your turn. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're ready. So that's where those conditioning, those low intensity days. And they should gen they're generally recommended to be non-sport specific okay. movements that look just really weird compared to anything else you're doing. So that could be like throwing a medicine ball overhead for a quarter mile, dragging a sled at a conversational pace, like walking your dog for a mile, maybe hop on an airdyne bike and pedal at an uncomfortable pace. That um, you can sustain. That you can sustain. It it and, could be and that's anything the, that's at the, all. That's the key here. This is not like 10 minute CrossFit wad where you're laying on the floor, you know, heaving at the end of the workout. This has to be, in order to build up an aerobic base, it has to be long enough at a low enough duration. And you, when you're looking at energy systems, your, your high intensity, low duration energy systems will be taxed on your lifting days a lot because of your short rest periods. Yeah, you're, you're exhausted. You're so, exhausted. So you definitely don't want to train in that same energy system on your conditioning day. You want to be working on the other one, which is your engine which does take time and low intensity and long efforts. So like you said, walking, biking, uh, our friend Andrew puts on a weighted vest and mows his lawn. I mean, that's that very low in, lower intensity, longer duration stuff. Like if the weather's, I've been taking advantage of the summer heat and getting outside for my conditioning stuff. And that's typically been four movements for five to six rounds of 30 seconds sustainable pace, 30 seconds rest. But if the weather's ever terrible, I'm just going to be on my, I'm going to be on my assault bike doing intervals Okay. for like a half an hour to 45 minutes, just listening to some podcasts Okay. Something, at a pace that I could have a conversation the whole time. Something I really like doing is picking a cardio movement, like a row or a bike. And something's going to take me about a minute at a, at a reasonable pace and then pick like five different, just random weird exercises, like lateral box jumps, uh, single arm kettlebell swings, plate halos, and I don't know, like a, like a burpee, but I'm moving nonstop for a half an hour at a very like 
conversation. If you could walk up and talk to me while I'm doing it, but I never stop moving for that half hour. Yep. And that has been great for building my endurance. And then, so when I go to lift, I can be completely ready for a ne- for another set after a two minute rest period in between sets. And this is also one of those times where I like to throw in the stuff that I had a lot of fun with back when I was still doing CrossFit, or movements that you simply can't track reps on. Yeah. Um, you had in one it's of your not. recent episodes, you had talked yes. about battle ropes. Yes. This is the one time where battle ropes are <laughs> awesome. You are allowed to use battle ropes. Here. Like battle ropes are a staple for me on these kind of days. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because if I'm going to do something lower body focused, like, Oh, true. Like slow, sustainable paced box jumps. Well then I'll throw in something upper body focused that is not, I can't count. So I'm just going to do, Battle ropes. Battle ropes. And for the interval, I'll just do as many weird variations. Yep. And there's no reps. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just, just go. Mo- it's just moving at that point. Yeah. All right. So let's jump back into what goals uh, this this method could accomplish. Talk about strength. Talked about gaining muscle. Uh, so endurance, we kind of just covered that a little bit. If you're trying to train for endurance, having that bigger engine on those conditioning days is going to help. But one of the greatest things about strength is that it makes you better at everything. And we talked about this. This is your very first episode with us like two years ago. Yeah, I remember strength, that. Strength is king. Dude, that was still, three. Episode three? It was three. You remember? three? Wow. Dude, it was because we, we were, the we were, last 20 months took seven years or a week, <laughs> depending how you want to count it. Like 2020 was a washout. Most of 2021 has been a washout still. Great. Yeah. So in that episode, we talked about how strength makes you better at everything. And because conjugate is training you on those max effort days, it's not just the max effort stuff doesn't get you bigger muscles. It makes you better at moving weight. It's a skill. Yeah. Strength is an absolute skill. So you have, you know, obviously you're going to have stronger muscles. So whenever you go to do those endurance activities, everything else feels easier because you're so much stronger relatively. But then also with your, all the volume you're doing, like you talked about the end of some of these leg days, you're doing sets of, you know, 50 hamstring curls. I think I've done 200 straight. That's wild. Yeah, seated, not not laying on the yeah, ground. Not, yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Like seated hamstring curls, and I'm slamming my heels into the box that I'm sitting on. I, I remember back when someone was programming a conjugate method program for me, and I looked at the end, uh, and it was 200 tricep press downs with a band. And I said, oh, is uh, you put an extra zero on this. And it was supposed to be a 3 by 20 and he goes, no, it's, it's 200. I was like, oh. So, uh, so can I break that into sets of 10? And he's like, no, you just, you go until you can't stop and you shake your hands out and you just pick the band back up and you go until you can't. He's like, I want 60 on your first set. I've done a heck of a, I've done a heck of a lot of that band stuff where, and I don't usually record that. I don't often record that in an actual program. You told me before, sometimes you'll put it on a song song. and you just do the band press downs or band curls until the song's over. Yeah. And you can't let go. You can stop, but you can't let go. And I listen to a heck of a lot of uh, Northern European metal right now. So we're talking about seven seven, minute songs. Yeah. (laughs) So we talked about endurance, hypertrophy, strength. I think we just Uh, caught the bands. Was that? I think the last thing we just said was the bands. Just talked about bands getting us into stability. So how are you going to build, if somebody is trying to build up stability, they have poor balance, poor joint stability. How do you build stability with the conjugate method style program? So that's where we'd be focusing in on the assistance work for single leg. If somebody is absolutely struggling um, to just stand on one leg, that's what it's going to be. Like yeah. Maybe their max, effort, their max effort lift doesn't have to be a huge number. But And then after that, 
we just start working on single leg balance, maybe a step up to on top of a plate with a single leg. It could go all the way to like Johnny would be, hey dude, you're gonna do an absolute, you're gonna do a five by five set max effort, um, single leg dumbbell Romanian deadlift. Cool. That sounds horrible. Get one like let's go ahead and <laughs> duct tape horrible. some plates onto that dumbbell. <laughs> And, and, and then, then for upper body, that's where I cycle through a heck of a lot of single arm dumbbell bench press. Yeah. And, and that's because you, you dumbbell bench, you dumbbell overhead press. A lot of times people think of stability. They think you need to be standing on a stability ball or you need to be using some random weird piece of equipment. Dumbbells are one of the greatest things you can do for joint stability. Absolutely. And, and then for lower body, single leg deadlifts, lunges, and step-ups are some of the greatest lower body stability movements you can do. And if you want to make those a little weird and you don't want to spend any money on gear, an old car tire. Occasionally I'll just throw, I'll just stand on an old car tire. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so you, do you put a board over the top of it? Eh, sometimes. I've done box jumps oh, off of idea. it, which seemed, it didn't really seem to be difficult. Yeah. But uh, I'll put like a, a stall mat piece over or I'll just stand on the tire. Huh. That's <laughs> it's cheap. Awesome. It's That's unstable. Great. Like because you I don't need it. you don't need a high degree of instability if you're already going to be using some relatively heavy weights. Exactly. Yep. All right. So we've talked about how you and I have done conjugate style programs in our own training, but how do you, as a coach, program conjugate for somebody who maybe they they don't care about having a huge squat, bench, or deadlift, but there's still a lot in the method that can be utilized in the programs that we design as coaches. So how do you incorporate it into your coaching? So you want me to go with like a theoretical client? Sure. Just say, just, or right. if you have any, if you have a specific example, that would work too. Well, let's just go like theoretical. Okay. If somebody's, if somebody's like, they've had a year in a gym, they know how to bench, they know how to squat. I don't have to teach them that, but they've never really struggled and strained. Um, I'd be running them on like a six or eight week rotation. Okay. For we do, and I'd probably run them with like three rep maxes for the first eight weeks. And you'd alternate between a deadlift and a squat variation on your max effort lower. And then your max effort upper would be a bench press and an overhead press variation. And we'd come back and do the exact same thing eight weeks later. Um, and when we're retesting those maxes, just aiming for a five pound PR. That's it. It's yeah. nothing huge. Five pounds, cool. Move on. Do you feel amazing? Like you could throw another forty pounds on there? Well, we're done. We're going to go to the next thing. Yeah, we're, awesome. Let's just move yeah. right on. And, and still, and you, I put a, I do a lot of crazy variations for my assistance lifts. But somebody who's about a year in the gym, so they're not a newbie, but they've never explored anything really weird. Yeah. Their variations would just be, hey, we're going to use some kettlebells for deadlifts today for an assistance movement. Okay. We'll use some dumbbells. We'll use a machine they haven't used. Yeah. Um, I'd keep it relatively generic for them, which uh, without having a whiteboard in an hour to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, this is very, very succinct. But the simplest thing at. is, hey, on your lower body day, we're going to do some non-competition squat thing, like a goblet squat, and then like probably something to focus, that's like quads, something to focus on the hamstrings, and then something for explosive strength, like a box jump. Yeah. So we've done those three assistance movements, and then we'll go ahead and do something that is isolating for the posterior chain, like a glute ham raise, a back extension, and then we'll finish it out with five minutes of hamstring curls. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're taking the methods from, from the conjugate, from the, well, techniques from the conjugate method, and you're just 
bring it down to somebody who's just looking to feel better and be stronger and be better at everyday tasks. And it adapts to every level and every And I think that's the the big takeaway here. So we've talked about some kind of deeper stuff with this method. But like you said before, it's not a a program. It's a method. And this method can be used by high-level athletes, but it can also be used by... Somebody brand new. Somebody brand new. And for the brand new lifter, I think... I'm going to call somebody who's a year in the gym, still a brand new lifter. They're still, yeah. And on their dynamic effort days, I'm, we're not going to get, we're not going to touch bands. We're not going to touch chains. Yeah. Just for, we'll do a squat and a deadlift. Like the squat will be a 10 by three and we'll start, we'll do 50 and then 60 and then 70% okay. week to week. The deadlifts, we'll just do a 10 by one and we'll do the same 50, 60, 70% yep. moving super fast because deadlifts are a little bit more taxing than squats. Yeah. And then for the bench and the overhead, we'll just do like... A five by five of each, starting at 50, 60, and then 70%. And on those, after those pressing days, we'll do a heck of a lot of pulling. Yep. Every kind of row you could ever want. That's awesome. Yep. So if if you are interested in the conjugate method, and this this sounds enjoyable for you, um, I would highly recommend seeking out help with it because what the big mistake I see is that people. They want to. They get excited about it, and they decide, okay, I want to start maxing out my back squat every week because they didn't listen to what we said. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's max effort. So I'm going to go ahead and do a max effort deadlift after I do that max effort squat. So I'm going to pull one rep max on on deadlift after my one rep max on back squat, and then I'm going to do a ton of volume with a ton of heavy weights. And then on my dyna- dynamic effort day, I know you told me 50%, but if it was too light, so I'm going to go ahead and go 75% on my bench press. And you said bands, so I'm going to grab the heavier bands. So it's <laughs> this is what happens every time somebody like, starts conjugating. Yeah, it's horrible. So please, please find yourself a coach. Reach out. Uh, I talk to John. John can design you a program. Like I've been doing it for <laughs> my current one. I think I'm in my fourth month. My current like run at conjugate, and I've done it every year for. I've done it the last four years for at least three or four months. Yeah, so I've done a lot, talk. and there's. And Talk you can, to somebody who knows what they're doing. Get a coach to write you a program because uh, this it does get tricky, and there are nuances with it. And it like this is definitely not a buy and it's not definitely not a buy and forget kind of programming. Like oh no, conjugate you, like there's you need constant feedback. Yes. I can write somebody a program for anything else, but conjugates like no, nah, dude, we need to check in about this. Yes, yeah, <laughs> weekly check ins, things like that. Cool, awesome, John. Well, thanks for hanging out. Sweet dog, nice job. Thank you so much for listening today. If you could do me a favor and take just two or three minutes to help us out, that would be amazing. See, if you Google straight shot training, you'll see we really need more Google reviews, and especially as we gear up to open our own studio. So if you are one of our awesome clients currently, or maybe you've trained with us in the past, we would really appreciate a review, preferably five stars, over on Google so more people can discover us and see what we're all about. And again, the website is straightshottraining.com if you would like to learn more about us and to get set up with your coach either online or in person. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody.